From KCLU, this is The 101, a podcast where we journey up and down Highway 101 along California's central and south coast, sharing stories and conversations. From Oxnard to Santa Barbara to Point Conception and beyond. I'm your host, Michelle Loxton. It's season five, a season about discovery. Since the Supreme Court's Dobbs decision a year and a half ago, at least 14 states across the U.S. have banned abortions in almost all circumstances. California is not one of those states. In fact, in the 2022 election, Californians voted to add the right to abortion to the state's constitution. But if you're seeking an abortion in the tri-counties, you'll most probably be referred to only one place. The vast majority of patients who have an abortion um, on the Central Coast will come to Planned Parenthood. In this episode of The 101, we gain more insight into the Central Coast's Planned Parenthood and discover abortions account for less than 10% of patient visits. Instead, a large part of their work is serving communities who lack access to basic reproductive services. The majority of those patients are Latino, and low income. If that's a service we offer, we provide it no matter what. We'll meet the people working at Planned Parenthood, a healthcare assistant helping patients who sometimes have to walk long distances to access healthcare. The majority of these patients consist of preventative services like pap smears, getting mammal orders, and we also do provide abortion services. For the most part, I think throughout the day, we see maybe about two to three patients for those services. We'll go inside their call center, answering questions from sexual assault survivors and those seeking gender-affirming hormonal therapy. Hi, thank you for calling Planned Parenthood. This is Jasmine Sheenher. How can I help you? All to discover how our region's primary provider of abortions operates in our community today. What you'll learn is, while California is known as a state supporting reproductive freedom, there are still challenges impacting access to abortion and other reproductive health care services in our community. Did you know you are physically adapting to all your swiping, scrolling and tapping? We're changing our bodies and what they're able to do through our habits. NPR's Body Electric, a special interactive series investigating how to fix the relationship between our tech and our health. Listen in the TED Radio Hour feed wherever you get your podcasts. This is The 101. I'm Michelle Loxton. In a quiet, leafy neighborhood inside a nondescript building, is the call center for Planned Parenthood on California's central coast. If you didn't know it was there, you might not notice the signage on the building as you drive past. The only thing that might catch your eye is the odd protester sometimes standing on the sidewalk outside. There's also a health center inside, but I'm there to visit the regional call center. For many patients, this is their first point of contact with Planned Parenthood. We have about 10 staff members here. We have uh, call center agents as well as case managers and some RNs. This is Carol, who manages the call center and does case management at this location. I'm only using the first names of some Planned Parenthood staff members. 
That's because threats to their safety are not uncommon. For official spokespeople who are used to speaking publicly, I have included their full names. We take all the incoming calls for uh, patients who are trying to schedule appointments, as well as um, get notification for any abnormal lab results. An upbeat music playlist plays in the background as operators take calls. Hi, thank you for calling Planned Parenthood. My name is Rafael Kianhim. How can I help you today? So my next available appointment for telehealth is going to be for next week on Tuesday. Hi, thank you for calling Planned Parenthood. This is Jocelyn, she and her. How can I help you? Okay, perfect. Can I start off with your date of birth, please? Here's Carol again, the call center director. Sometimes we do get first-time callers that are don't know where to call. They maybe heard about us through a friend um, or maybe uh, through a website. Um, if they happen to be sexually assaulted and they don't know where to go, they definitely call us um, to you know find out what we can do for them, you know, get them scheduled and tested. The call centre runs six days a week with operators who speak English, Spanish and Mixteco. Being available to communicate in this indigenous Mexican language has become more and more important. We get abortion calls for patients who are either having a fetal demise that need to schedule a termination or, you know, somebody that may have been sexually assaulted that got pregnant, or it was just an, uh, something that they wanted to do. Um, so we make, you know, this place a safe place for them to call and schedule those types of appointments. They also schedule a lot of routine tests and wellness exams. Planned Parenthood has six health centres across the Tri-Counties, in Thousand Oaks, Oxnard, the newest centre, Ventura, Santa Barbara, Santa Maria, and San Luis Obispo. America works as a healthcare assistant at one of those centers. I love to work in Planned Parenthood. I spoke with her over Zoom. I love to be able to provide services to our much-needed community. On a typical day, her clinic sees between 30 and 35 patients. Most patients are low-income. Many are Spanish-speaking and many have limited access to other healthcare services. The majority of these patients consist of preventative services like pap smears, getting mammal orders. We do also see patients who need STD screening or exams due to certain concerns. And we also do provide abortion services. For the most part, I think um, throughout the day, we see maybe about two to three patients for those services. As we learned from the call center, a lot of patients have language barriers, something America says they're working to address. Um, and we do have a Mistecco translating healthcare um, assistant that guides us with that. America says they also see patients who find it challenging booking an appointment because they don't have a phone or getting to the clinic in the first place because they don't own a car and lack resources. Either... Um, by walking to the health center, um, taking public transportation, or even asking for friends or family for even transportation to get to their visits. Planned Parenthood says in these cases they try their best to offer same-day access. America also sees patients who have struggled to get access to basic health care, patients who don't have a primary care physician. And it's just tough to being able to like educate every single person on what the important 
of having your physicals and things like that to be checked, like diabetes or high blood pressure. When she talks about the impact of her work, America recalls one particular patient, a teenager who came in to get birth control. She wanted something reliable and high effective and something that she wouldn't have to be taking daily or switching out, um, you know, having more hands on. The teenager ended up going with a hormonal intrauterine device, the IUD. Years later, she returned to the clinic for her first pap smear. She was so happy to to see me. And I was like, I was wondering, I'm like, where do, where do I know you from? But she said, I just wanted to thank you um, for being able to provide um, your knowledge about the birth control and the services that you rendered to me. These interactions are what makes this service to her community so memorable for America. Next, I'm going to dig into the numbers around the care plan parenthood offers. Bear with me, there's a variety of stats and data coming your way. According to their published data, Planned Parenthood on the Central Coast conducts over 50,000 patient visits every year. And the most common visit is for birth control, like America's patient, or for sexually transmitted infections, or STIs. In the last fiscal year, their clinic provided over 70,000 units of birth control. That includes things like the pill, patch, or Plan B. They also gave out over 100,000 condoms. And over 65,000 STI tests were conducted. STIs are on the rise in California. Patients also go to Planned Parenthood for cancer screenings and HPV vaccines, the cervical cancer vaccine. During the MPOX, previously known as monkeypox, outbreak in 2022, testing and treatment was offered at their clinics. Abortions account for less than 10% of patient visits. There were 3,605 abortion procedures in the last fiscal year. And over 80% of all patients are at or low income. To paint a fuller picture of that, if it's a family of four, the household income is around $55,000. Planned Parenthood says they are a safety net for many. In terms of ethnicity, the majority of patients are Latinx, 53%. My next stop is Planned Parenthood's administrative office. In the lobby, a book by Betty Friedan, the famous feminist author and activist, sits on the table. In the guest toilet, free tampons and sanitary pads are on offer, as is the latest issue of Ms. Magazine, and other reading material you might expect to find at the Planned Parenthood HQ. I'm there to speak to two members of the organization's leadership, who both speak in strong and passionate terms about what Planned Parenthood stands for and the services they provide. One is Dr. Mariam Giahi, the Chief Medical Officer for Planned Parenthood on California's Central Coast. In Giahi's office, there are plaques for her many qualifications gynecology and family planning books, and cards written to her from patients. I also noticed there's a bit of a decorative theme. 
There are little, uh, lots of uteruses in my office, you'll see. Um, I have a plush uterus that was given to me for my um, birthday. I have a rock that one of my staff members made that has a picture of a uterus and my name on it. Um, and um, I don't have it in the office right now, but I've gotten other accessories like earrings with uteruses and fun things like that. So lots of decor. Uterus-themed decor is not a surprise for someone who says working at Planned Parenthood was an obvious choice. Planned Parenthood speaks to me, it speaks to my heart, because it really allows me to be the physician that I planned to be when I was a little girl. You know, when you're idealistic and you're younger, you just want to take care of patients, you want to take care of vulnerable communities. For Giahi, that means taking care of patients regardless of what insurance they have. If that's a service we offer, we provide it no matter what. As you learned earlier, many of Planned Parenthood's patients struggle financially. Most do have some kind of insurance through employer plans or Medi-Cal. But for those without, Planned Parenthood has its own patient assistance program and they will also access funds from the state through a program called Family Pact, which provides money for family planning services to low-income Californians. Giahi has worked at Planned Parenthood since 2020, but she has been in the reproductive health field for many years, as she describes fighting the good fight. I have dedicated my life to supporting patients and advancing reproductive care, and really Planned Parenthood is the leader in sexual and reproductive care. As we have learned, over 90% of patients come to Planned Parenthood for non-abortion-related services. But for the less than 10% who do, Giahi says they work to make it as available as possible. So I would say the vast majority of our patients know what they want. They know they want an abortion. Um, If they didn't, of course, we would be providing options counseling. But the vast majority know what they want. And that means often patients also know if they want a medication abortion or surgical procedure abortion. For patients who are 10 weeks or under, which is the majority of our patients, they do have the option of choosing medication or choosing a procedure. Giahi says 90% of patients who are seeking abortion do it in their first trimester. But for those who are seeking an abortion in the second trimester, after 14 weeks, she says it is common for these to be wanted pregnancies where something has gone wrong. Commonly in the second trimester, I'm taking care of patients who have highly, highly desired pregnancies. These are IVF pregnancies. These are pregnancies that occur finally after two or three miscarriages. These are planned pregnancies who unfortunately get the news of something like a devastating fetal anomaly, maybe one that won't be able to survive, or a fetal demise in the second trimester. Um, Those are really hard situations to to navigate with patients, um, you know, this feeling of, I don't want an abortion, but I have to have one now, right? She says she also sees adolescents who might not have known they are pregnant. Who sometimes present later, often because their parents finally notice that something's going on. And then they realize that their parents are actually supportive of this decision, and then they come together, but they are presenting later. And patients struggling with addiction. We know that there's an opioid crisis in this country and in California. So we see patients who are struggling with addiction and realize then that they're pregnant and you know, are concerned about the harms, and, and so sometimes choose abortion for those reasons. Abortion is legal in California up until the point of viability, around 24 weeks. There are exceptions if the mother's health or life is at risk. 
but there are limited places where you can actually access an abortion, even in California. That's something that Giyahi has been prioritizing. And so we've really spent the last two to three years focusing on improving access, making sure that abortions are available in all health centers, procedural abortions in most. They also now provide for abortions later in the second trimester than they did in the past, up to 22 weeks. Because we know in the past we were kind of, um, you know, a desert in, in one respect with respect to Uh, second trimester abortion care, and so really filling in that gap for patients so that they don't have to be told they need to go to L.A. or San Francisco. If a patient is beyond 22 weeks, they will be referred to surgical centers in Los Angeles and San Francisco. Down the hall from Mariam Giahi's office is the office of Jenna Tosh, the CEO of Planned Parenthood on California's Central Coast. Many of the things in her office reflect her life and work. The walls showcase Tasha's degrees. There's photos of her children and of her with former President Obama and California Governor Newsom. And there's a poster showing the history of contraception. Which I just think is really interesting because it shows hundreds of years of history of contraceptive methods, um, which is, I think, something that a lot of people think of as new, um, but it's really not. Um, You know, people have always exercised control over their fertility. Tosh sits at her desk, sipping from a mug that has the word resist on it. Many hands reaching upward frame the word. A candle with the late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the front sits on some drawers behind her. Next year marks 20 years of Planned Parenthood for Tosh. She has been at the Central Coast Affiliate for eight years, and before that she was at Planned Parenthood in Orlando, Florida. I grew up in New York where I had access to Planned Parenthood and where Planned Parenthood took very good care of me as a young person who had questions and needed a non-judgmental and compassionate place to go that I could afford. And so I had a very personal connection um, to Planned Parenthood as is the case for almost all of our donors and supporters and many of our staff. And that caused me you know, to want to be part of this movement um, and the fight to ensure that all people have access. Her priority, like Yahi's, is making sure as many people as possible can access the care they offer. In most cases, someone who needs an abortion on the Central Coast will be referred to Planned Parenthood. Um, there are some other providers of medication abortion, including Cal Poly um, and UCSB now, um, which is part of a state mandate related to medication abortion access for college students. Um, But the vast majority of patients who have an abortion um, on the Central Coast will come to Planned Parenthood. Like many other healthcare providers in the region, Planned Parenthood is also facing a challenge with the shortage of healthcare workers. You know, I don't think that you could find a healthcare provider in our three counties um, who would say that this hasn't been a challenge for them. I think all healthcare providers are still struggling with provider shortages, um, with staffing shortages, and that that is the biggest challenge um, that the industry faces collectively. Um, there is no healthcare without healthcare workers. Tosh says this was a problem before the Dobbs decision which overturned Roe v. Wade, and before the COVID-19 pandemic. Another challenge, Tosh says, is that this region doesn't have a lot of reproductive training institutes. And then there's the high cost of living. 
no stranger that housing is a challenge um, in this region. And so I think that uh, we often find that to be a struggle as well, um, that putting down roots in this region can be costly. And we often see people um, have to put down roots and then travel and have a commute. When the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade more than 16 months ago, declaring that the constitutional right to abortion, upheld for nearly 50 years, no longer exists, the Central Coast Planned Parenthood prepared to accommodate more out-of-state patients seeking abortions. They plan for between 100 and 300 extra patients a year. They say those numbers turned out to be more or less on point. Tosh says the overturning of Roe v. Wade was a surprise, but she wasn't shocked. It was very clear that this was the direction that the Supreme Court was headed in. We had seen a decades-long assault on reproductive rights, including an effort by anti-abortion politicians and activists to radically change the federal judiciary and the composition of the Supreme Court. The threats to abortion access from outside of California continue today. Access to mifepristone, a pill commonly used in medication abortions, may soon face another ruling from the conservative majority Supreme Court. The purpose of cases like this one um, is to further erode access to abortion care. I just think we have to be really clear about that. As Planned Parenthood marks 60 years in the Tri-Counties next year, the organization says it is remaining vigilant, but that it's also important to remember in many parts of the country, they have public opinion on their side. So this is our moment, I think, to fight for the future that we deserve, um, to really put equity at the center, to work with young people um, as partners, um, and to recognize that, um, that we have public support. Um, and what we need to do is continue moving forward, put one foot in front of the other, and actualize that support. They say they remain proud of the work they do as the region's primary provider of abortions. And for the vast majority of patients, as a safety net for many who struggle to access basic reproductive health care. Head over to kclu.org slash podcast where you'll find the text version of this episode. The 101 is produced by KCLU Public Radio. We are NPR for the California coast, part of the NPR Podcast Network. This episode was edited by Elisa Barber. I'm Michelle Luxton, the host and creator of The 101. If you have an idea or a story for one of our next episodes, email me at podcast at kclu.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell a friend about it today. And don't forget to subscribe. I'd also love it if you'd rate or review our podcast. That helps others find our podcast. This is The 101. Thanks for listening.